for the year. You know, we do that, and we'll talk about it on that day, and then we forget it. We don't, you know, just like resolutions, we'll talk about them, and then, you know, by, by the time we get a week or so in, yeah, we're done with that. Um, I can't even remember what I, you know, kind of, I'll mention one nearly every year, you know, say, here's a word, here's a word, and, and uh, I need to go back and think on it. Um, and um, if, I, if I remember, I think uh, last year it was um, stewardship, just how I manage myself and my time. Uh, I, I mentioned it, and then, and then I just kind of like, oh, I'm already not doing so good, so I, I didn't bring it back up uh, very often, probably. Um, but so what, what would you say? You know, everybody's got a word for the year, you know? Uh, and, and, and I'm not doing any catchy phrases like, you know, some are doing today, like going for more in 24 or something like that. Nothing, no. But if, if we were to be honest, if we were to ask, what, what's, a, what's a word? What's a word? You're thinking about the new year. What's the first word that comes to mind? I'm going to ask you, would it be something like this? Dread. I mean, you're kind of like dreading a new year. I mean, you're not excited about the future. I mean, you know, let's face it, another year of getting older, okay? Another year of hassles, right? Complications, heartaches. Uh, you don't really have high hopes looking at 24, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, but here's the thing. I've got news for you. I got some good news. Do you want to come get some good news today? All right, I got some good news for you. That when your hopes are based on what God has promised you, it's okay to get your hopes up. Because if you keep your eyes on Him, you will not be disappointed. You can get, you know, you're afraid to get your hopes up. You got your hopes up last year and things went kind of rough. Yeah, but you can get your hopes up if you're focused on what God has said that he's going to do. So with Christ, what I'm here to tell you today is and to remind you that, and, and for those who are, are, are sick, not able to be here, out, I sometimes forget our online people, different ones of you will say something during the week like, hey, I wasn't able to be there, but we watched online or something like that, uh, or watched later, something like that, uh, is that uh, we want to encourage everyone together. Let's go in with some momentum, right? Uh, you may be, you know... Uh, limping and, 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 and bleeding, but we, we're going in, right? We got to move on. So here's what I'm saying. With Christ, here's the good news. With Christ, we don't have to have this. With Christ, we can, as we say, flip the script, and we can go from dread to expect. Oh, man, I don't know why that skips like that. Good grief. It messed my, up my approach. I'm sorry. I got to back up and run at this again. Uh, 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 expectancy. Now, I've thrown some of these words out there before. Expectancy. What do I mean? What are we expecting? Expecting, no, expecting something good to happen. We have a sense of expectancy. It'd be better to live our, uh, out this year with our eyes on the Lord and, and filled with a sense of expectancy of what He is going to do in our lives, in our family, in our community, uh, all around us, in our church. Uh, a lot of amazing things have happened this year. You know, so we tend to focus on the negative, do we not? We do. A lot of amazing things have happened this year. You might not even be fully aware of some of the miracles that have happened all around you, right even in this room. That's why sometimes we like people to go to the, the time to put together some testimonies and share them with us. Uh, we need to give God the glory. We need to focus on some of the good things uh, and, 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 and live with an attitude of gratitude 
and from a, a, a position of realizing we have been blessed and we have abundance rather than focusing on what we don't have and what didn't happen and focusing on, now I need to learn from my failures, but I need to focus on doing what he wants me to do. Uh, that, that's what we're going to talk about. So a lot of people have, now, 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 I was one, I was one, I kind of got ahead of myself, didn't I? So a lot of people are just trying to sustain, trying to maintain. So is your focus sustainability or is it excellence? That's a question. God wants us to live with a yearning for excellence in Christ. And a lot of times, we're just way too satisfied with... I'm pausing for effect here, okay? With good enough to get by. Good enough to get by. And we look around and we're just good. You know, we just kind of like everybody else, maybe. We settle for mediocrity rather than excellence. That's why we're so bored. That's why we're so discouraged. That's why uh, we're depressed. Now, holding on to ground is better than losing ground. True, right? But, but listen, he's equipped us with, with his victory Right? It's, it's not just what I can do and me becoming a better me. It's me becoming less focused on me and more focused on Christ and what he can do in me and through me because I have the victory in him. I want to put on the armor of God and I want to stand. That's right. Be in his armor. I'm not going to stand on my own and, and, I, and I'm going to take the sword of the spirit and, and I'm going to be praying. But I want to tell you something. The victory that I have is his victory. The authority that I have isn't my authority. It's him. It's him. It's in, in the name of Jesus, in the authority of Jesus Christ, who went to the cross, and he defeated Satan. He won the victory on the cross. He took the pain. He took the shame. He had the pain of, of all of the spiritual as well as the physical aspects of the cross. And the moment when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That he bore all the sins he experienced. And I can't explain it. Some sort of separation from the Father because of the sin. And, and the separation that I and you should have had. Being separated forever we should have had. But Jesus paid that price. And so all that pain. Listen, I'm going to tell you. We've got, we've got the riches. We've got his presence through the Holy Spirit in us. His word to guide us. And I'm getting all carried away here now. Because I want to tell you that we, we've done enough of just trying to hold our ground. Because we ought to be advancing. You know, he's not done all this just so we can hang in there. Well, we're supposed to storm the gates of hell, folks. And so the devil needs to know that I'm going to quit just trying to, to, to shield off those fiery darts. We're advancing. We're coming after territory that you've held. And I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't like that when we're getting on his turf. Because he's kind of had his way with a lot of community. He's had his way with a lot of people. He's had his way in a lot of families. And it's going to get disrupted because people are coming to understand the saving grace of God and putting faith in him. And they're being transformed. They're being set free. So we're coming. We're not just going to try to hang in there. The lost world out there, we're coming after you. Okay? The enemy knows that and he hears that and he says, okay, we'll see. Because sometimes it takes some little bit of nothing to knock us off and he knows it. Because we're not fully equipped in Christ and keeping our focus on him. One little thing don't go like we wanted at Bible study or church. We're done. Right? 
Don't sing the songs we like. It's too cold or too hot. You know what I'm saying? We're too easy. And it's not the big things. It's usually these little bitty details. Right? And so he has a pretty easy time. So this is, these are areas where we want to grow. James is talking about the struggle between the world, the conflict between the, 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 this world and the kingdom of God. He's talking about the conflict that we have. He's talking about, in this passage, we got to put it in its context, he's talking about submitting to God, about submission. He's talking about before you can even resist the devil, you got to submit to him because it's him that, he, he's the one, it's his strength that helps you resist, right? So we need to be equipped in that. We need to be focused on this. We need to quit being offended and distracted by every little thing that doesn't, and everybody who, who does something either stupid or they do something offensive, okay? Because, you know, I mean, there are times that I just, I'm just not thinking. I, I, I do dumb things and say dumb things, right? And there's times I just, I just, I, I fail like that. And then there's sometimes I'm just, I mean, it has happened. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in a, a bad way, you know what I'm saying? And I'm a smart aleck or something along there, you know, and, and it can happen. And then you feel bad about it, right? Does that ever happen to anyone else? All right, so I want you, you people can identify. Um, you, you need to cut me some slack because you do it too, right? And, we need to, and, and I need to cut you some slack. So here's the thing is we need to be committed to each other, to love each other enough that when we mess up or when we're just being ugly, that we love each other enough, we love each other more than we care about that, that we love each other's soul so much that we're willing to forgive that, to overlook that, to overcome those things. And we get past it, and our love grows deeper. Uh, even when we really, really fail each other. Guys out there smarting off about how long I talk and tell the same jokes and stuff like that. I don't hold it against you anymore. You probably needed more than what you got. Now, you know what I'm saying is we can all do that, right? Don't let, it's a game the devil plays. So, so what I'm saying is we are clothed in Christ. Not my righteousness, but his righteousness. We are covered by the blood of the Lamb of God, the armor of God. And the pain that He suffered on the cross has been, He, he did it for you. And so what we need to say to the enemy is, is not only are we going to stand in Christ, we're coming. And that pain of the cross is coming with me. And so you need to get ready to experience some pain because the enemy is going to suffer some losses this year. Wow. Back to my notes. We settle for mediocrity, and it's better, as I, as I was saying, to hold ground than lose ground. Uh, but the truth is, in the Christian life, I have found that either you're moving forward and you're growing, or you're, you're, you're moving backward, you're backsliding. There's really no standstill. Well, you say, well, I'm pretty much in the same place spiritually that I was last year. You've probably been like the stock market does. There's probably been ups and then downs. You've had victories and you've had some setbacks. And, and you kind of end up about there, but you've, you've, you've kind of done that. And if you say, no, I'm just kind of the same. I don't really find where you really plateau 
and stay plateaued in the Christian life. If, if you really feel that way, you may not be looking at it quite the way God looks at it. Because he's done all of this so that we can keep knowing him better and growing and growing and becoming more Christ-like as, as time goes on. So, if you plateaued sometimes, and this happened to me, I finally realized I'm coasting. And I think things are going easy and well. But remember what is the only direction you can coast. Downhill. So what about your life? The context, as I said, of this chapter deals with the conflict between the world's viewpoint and God's. And the previous verses speak of submission to God. And now he carries the subject one step further, discussing your goals and your plans. And if you're looking out there, here's it in a nutshell. When you're planning, you better not leave God out. God isn't just a side compartment of your life. As we've said before, it's not just that you put Christ first. It, it, because I'm afraid sometimes when we just put Christ first, you know, well, we've got our priorities. And, and then we tell you a little prayer. We read, read a little, little Bible study. And it's like, okay, I took care of Jesus. Cross him off the list and go to the next thing. Now I, 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 I'm, I'm focused on. Uh, so, so Christ isn't first on the, just first on the list. He is center of the list. He's on every line. You see? Every step, every category, he's there of whatever we're doing during the day. Amen. It's focus. He's the center. Not just first, but he's center. Uh, so I, I think one of the ways that we reverence the Most High, one of the ways we prove our faith is when we submit to his will. And that's what he's talking about here. And by the way, I'm going to throw this out there and hopefully come back to it. Lord willing. Did you read that? Okay. <laughs> the Lord willing. These are my intentions, but we'll see what God has and whether I walk with him like I should. Just a little, a little, a little, uh, and I've already shown it to you. Here, here's a good word, availability. Of being available. Am I available for the Lord to do what he wants? Okay. Hold that thought. And, and hey, can I say something just about being available? If you have thoughts on that in just your devotion time this week, some thoughts, feel free to text me or message me over uh, the, the, the church page or my own, uh, like Facebook or whatever. Uh, I'd like to hear some of your thoughts. I'd like to hear. And, 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 but do be aware, unless you say don't, uh, anything you say might be used in a sermon sometime, but uh, might not, but unless you say don't. Uh, so Jesus set the perfect example with all of this. Whether it's excellence, whether it's submission, whether it's stewardship, whether it's availability. He set the example. Though he was co-equal, co-eternal with the Father, yet he came into the world as fully human. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks. And he so humbled himself that here's, here's, here's what he said in John 6, 38. He said, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus Though he's co-equal, co-eternal with the Father, he came as the servant. He didn't come to, to just act independently at all. He only came to do what the Father said to do. The perfect example of submission. Many of the things dealt with ahead in this passage are control issues. So as we go into the new year, it's not about God just blessing what I'm doing. It's about me aligning my life with his will. See the difference? A lot of times I'm, I may be doing good stuff, doing stuff for God. 
And I'm just saying, Lord, bless what I'm doing. It's a different matter when I'm watching him and I'm seeing what he's doing and I just align my will in my life to match what he's doing and to match his will. That's the secret right there. So let's go through this quickly. I've shared some of these points before, but I think I need them again, so you're going to get them too. Here's what we find in this passage. First of all, the plans we make cannot be guaranteed. The plans we make cannot be guaranteed. He says, you say today, tomorrow we're going to go into this such town, such and such a town. I'm going to spend a certain amount of time there. I'm going to carry on this activity. I'm going to trade, and I am going to make a profit and all of this. Uh, So our normal perception of the future is often wrong. We presume too much. You don't even know if you have tomorrow. That's part of the point. Um, I mean, think about it. 2024? You're kidding me. I never thought we'd get here. Where's the flying cars, Philip? Where, where are they? I mean, we're supposed to have them like 20 years ago. I mean, they have jet packs, but we don't all have them. And, and they don't go like that either, you know. Sorry. Watched too much Jetsons when I was a kid, didn't I? Uh, yeah, and Robots. I don't, we don't have, well, you know, you got the little vacuum cleaner robot thing, but, you know, you, it, at least the one that, that I've used, you can't talk to it. I mean, you just got a remote control, and then it likes to eat the um, uh, curtain if it's down there, and it'll just <laughs> tear up stuff. It's just like, um, but, you know, they said robots are going to take over. Well, robots aren't going to take over. Are you kidding? Um, I was trying to log on to something the other day, and one of the first questions that come up, it said, are you a robot? I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> No, (laughs) maybe they are. Anyway, what I'm saying is our perception of the future is many times wrong. I mean, who would have thought Mizzou would have ended up winning a Cotton Bowl this year? I mean, when they were kind of picked to finish toward the end of the division, right? Right? Okay, anyway, that's that's bonus. That's bonus. So we, we, here's mistakes we make. First of all, uh, we think we're in control. We think that somehow we can control time. When we can't, uh, we, we see, you see it right here. Today and tomorrow, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, you think that, but you really don't control time. And then we think we're also in control of plans. Like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy and sell. Now, it's not that it's wrong to have plans, but you can't always control the plans. And then we think we can control results. And you should know by now, you can't always control the results. And I'll make a profit. Uh, by the way, it's great to make a profit, amen? But it's not our great purpose in life just to make a profit. There's so much more. So when we live as described here, we're really trying to think that we're totally in control. We're trying to play God in our own lives. And he informs us that not only are we unable to control what will happen tomorrow, but he informs us that we don't even know what will happen tomorrow. We don't even know it. We are clueless, but God knows. And so it's okay to plan, but I need to realize my plans are in his hands and and keep him as the focus. And, And then he emphasizes the brevity of life. Here's what you need to realize about all of this. Every day is a gift. God doesn't owe you. Because we'll talk about this. You know, we could die at any moment, any moment. Yep, that's right. Doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. Yep. But then when it happens, we're shocked. Why would God let that happen? He's told us. Um, none of us are indispensable. There's been a lot of times that the Lord has allowed, has called someone home, 
allowed them to be in, 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 and it happened in ways that I, I didn't want. Lord, why did you allow it to happen that way? I, don't, I still don't understand. Um, it, it, it's very troubling. But the truth is, any one of us could be standing before God before this day's over. That's very true. It's potential. Now, you don't live with a cloud over you because if you're walking by faith, you know it's in his hands. And even though we, always don't, we don't always understand it, that he always does what is right. If we can see the eternal picture. Um, but I can't figure it all out. That's why I'm not God. And neither are you. So we have to have the right attitude about this, the right perspective. So this is what this is about. It's about perspective, right? It's about perspective. In fact, uh, James knew the Old Testament so well. He brings a lot out. He brings a lot of his teaching out of there. When we went through verse by verse the book of James a couple of years ago, uh, we, we, we saw that. If you remember that, some of that's still maybe even online. Um, I'll probably delete it so I can then do it again. Right? Okay. Uh, so, so then you won't be like, hey, wait a minute here. We could have just listened to that. That's the problem with recording stuff, isn't it? Anyway, um, go through and delete some of the jokes out. We'll probably do that. But here's what Job said. Now, Job is maybe lived even before Abraham. So it's not the first book in your Bible, but um, it's probably one of the first written. Uh, and here's what Job said. Job 7, 6, he says, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and come to their end without hope. Uh, okay, so now we're just talking about life here on planet Earth, okay? Because your life is more than a vapor, more than a mist. Eternal life is you're going to exist in eternity in heaven or hell forever, okay? But we're talking about your life here in the flesh on planet Earth. This is kind of how futile it can seem. Now, let's keep going. Verse 6, verse 7, Job 7, 7. Oh, remember that my life is a breath, he says in that verse. And in verse 8, he says, the eye of him who sees me will see me no more. While your eyes are on me, I'll be gone. I mean, and I feel like time's going so fast now. Um, there are people graduating high school that you, you ought to just now be getting out of kindergarten. How did this happen so quickly? And, and, and I'm catching myself doing things I used to make fun of dad for doing. We'll say, well, you know, just the other day. And it may have been 10 years ago. It wasn't the other day. But it just seems like it's happening that fast. And, and, and as the time is going, if it keeps going like this, I'm going to just turn to dust before you know it. While your eyes are on me, I'll be gone. Job felt the same way. It's just happening so fast. It's so brief when you look at eternity. And the psalmist in Psalm 39, 4, he said, Oh, Lord, make me know my end. What is the measure of my days? So New Year's is a good time to think about this. Let me know how fleeting I am. I need to realize, not to get a cloud over it, but I need to realize and get this in perspective, okay? I'm not the boss of anything. God is. Verse 5, Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths. And my lifetime is nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as mere breath. When you think of the vastness and the eternity of God. Job said faster than a weaver's shuttle. Uh, I need to explain that a little bit. Back up a little bit. Well, what is a weaver's shuttle? Uh, it's that thing that, that, that does the string. And in Job's day, that was one of the facts. I mean, they, a good weaver could get that thing going where it was a blurry. Blur, that was like, that was like um, one of the fastest things around in Job's day. So that's why he said that. You got the uh, um, 
You've got the, what is it, the weft and the warp. Did I hit on something there? I saw you nodding. Yeah. See, I know something about weaving. <laughs> I read that somewhere this morning. Anyway, let's keep going. Verse 6, he says, Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. Spend all of our time uh, trying to gather up wealth. I, I'm going I'm to step out of bounds here. I'm probably in trouble for it. But one of the things is, is um, it's got, it got to spend time with Dad last week and enjoyed that. And, um, of course, Dad's had all those back surgeries, has metal rods all the way you know, up his back. He can't really bend because they fused everything together. He's doing good, uh, you know, fishing and, and, and taking those beagles out. And I'm, I'm so proud of Dad and how Dad has done. But, um, but it makes it hard to take care of the toenails. So, um, you know, and, and as you get older, you, you, you can't take care of your feet. We've already had this discussion, some of us, this morning, I know. But um, uh, so that's one reason we went down there closer. You, you could do that, right, uh, to help him. But, but so what we did was we tried to get Dad a gift certificate to get pedicures. So he goes there, and they won't clip it quite as close as he wants it because, you know, you gotta, they got to be careful, right? But he's like, I can't, over 20 bucks for that? I ain't going to spend that on that. You just, that's, that's outrageous, outrageous, outrageous. And, and I'm like, well, you've, if you've got it, you might as well spend it, Dad. I don't want to spend it on that. You know? Well, what are you going to do with it? Well, I'd rather have some passed down to you boys. And I said, I already know what I'm going to do. Whatever you pass down to me, I'm going to spend every bit of it getting pedicures. <laughs> See? Psalmist knew. You, you spend all that time and energy, you're saving all this, and, and you're going to leave it to somebody who's liable to blow it on pedicures or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? And then in Psalm 144, verse 3, he says, Oh, Lord, what is man that you regard him or the son of man that you think of him? Verse 4, man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. So the brevity of life. Death is a very real thing. Now, don't lose all self-worth here, you know. Because God has invested in this little mist, this vapor, to the point that he's, he's, he's given us so much so that we can have an eternity with him. Amen? Um, but at any moment, my vapor on earth could vanish. We got it? All right. So not only the plans we make can't be guaranteed, but the purposes of God must control our plans. That's the next thing. The purposes of God must control our plans. Here's the proper attitude. Instead of that, this. So it's what he's saying uh, in verse 15, instead of that, you should say this. Not only should we include God in our plans, but his purposes and principles, which are clearly laid down in Scripture, which you need to know, that's what must control our plans. Now we're getting successful here. Obeying his will should become our top priority, right? That should be my will, his will. I'm never going to find more fulfillment than when it's that. Because when I'm trying to do things on my own, I'm empty and it's meaningless. But following his will. So here's our problem. We get so busy with the urgency. Okay, I'm going to say I struggle with this a lot. I get so busy with the urgent stuff, I forget the important stuff. Do Do you feel that? I know people have said that through the years, you know, the tyranny of the urgent. Okay, but, but we all feel that. Lord, help me to quit wasting time on things that don't matter and spend more time on things that do. And so living uh, like this, like he's telling us to live, by having the right perspective, it's going to eliminate boasting on our part. 
um, and, and in the sight of the Lord. In fact, in verse 10, he tells us to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and, 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 and he will be the one to lift us up. And if God exalts you, then, buddy, you're there. If you exalt yourself, you're probably going to get humiliated. See, being humble is something you do to yourself. You, you humble yourself. You bow. You recognize who you really are in light of who he is. Humiliation is something different. Humiliation is, is when others put us down. You get humiliated, right? So the thing is, if you humble yourself, it's hard for others to humiliate you. Get it? Right, right. I'm trying to always exalt myself and think I'm big shot and then get exposed, right, or get put down. But if I humble myself, I'm already humble. Difference between humility and humiliation, okay. Another sermon, we'll come back to it. Now, I still have a will, and I exercise it every day, but the difference is, is I can choose to submit my will to God's will. That's what we're talking about. That's what Jesus did with the Father. Then he gives us this warning in verses 16 and 17. So he he says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, first of all, I'll live, and secondly, I'll do this. So it's okay to make plans. Just make sure you have the right approach. But he says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Listen to this warning. To boast about your plans with no regard to God is, is evil. He says it's, wicked. it's a sin. Now, verse 17, he says, whoever knows to do the right thing and, and, and uh, to do and fails to do it to him, it is sin. We, we kind of apply that universally, that it's not only that I need to not do the bad things, but I need to do the good things, right? Uh, uh, so, so me being righteous, that's why I'm totally depending on Christ for my righteousness. Because, um, you know, uh, it, it's not just, and a lot of times we just like don't do the dirty dozen or the, or the nasty nine, right? Things, uh, but, but there's so many other things, right, that are also sin. But even if you didn't do any of the don'ts, you would have to think up of all the do's that you were supposed to do but didn't do, and you'd have to confess those too. So I want to focus on the do's instead of the don'ts. Don't you? Because I'm always focused on what I'm not supposed to do. That's probably what I end up doing. But if I'm focused on the do, the things that I am supposed to do, and if I'm busy doing the do's, then I'll have time to do the don'ts, and I don't really want to even if I could, so I don't. Amen. So to know the will of God and to choose to disobey it, to know what God wants you to do and not do it, and we've all been there, is like saying, I know what you want me to do, but I prefer to do my own thing. Maybe either I, I just maybe know more about this than you do. Or I'll get to you later, Lord. And that's pride. It's sin. All right, let's take it home. Ready? Woo! Thought, I thought I'd never say that. What we should learn. First of all, it's not wrong to make plans. But understand that your plans cannot be guaranteed. Only God's can. And as we plan and set goals, be careful to... Do not leave God out. Don't segment your life. The purpose of God must control our, God's will must control our plans in every area. It goes for finances. Financial goals must not be just about us. Is he Lord over that? It's really not your money or your resources anyway. It's his. He can take it. Or he can bless you with more. Why should he bless me with more if I'm not being faithful steward of what he has given me? Health. There's another thing. You should take good care of yourself. But more than just looking good and feeling good. 
do I glorify God with my physical body? Do I want to stay healthy to glorify him? Do I want to be presentable so I'm a good witness for him? Or is it all about getting attention for me? My health, my energy, my time. What about even family? That it's not just for our family to be closer, but am I helping my family get closer to God? Did my family just irritate me, or am I thinking of ways that I can help everybody get closer to God? How I can show the love of Jesus to them. Habits. God's purpose must control those too. I'm not talking about just breaking bad habits, but we've all probably got those. But replacing those with good habits that glorify God. One of the best ways to get rid of bad habits is to replace it with something good. You know, don't do the don'ts, do the do's. Life is brief and uncertain. That's what he te- he's telling us here. But God is certain and he's eternal. When we ignore these principles, we're really trying to play God in our own life. So what we should do, what we should do, grasp on the only certain and stable thing in the world Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? We must hold on to Him. And as this vapor gets thinner, it should not be that I panic that I haven't done or achieved all that I wanted to. But that here should be be the thing that I think. I want to maximize my time to the glory of God. That's what he's trying to get us to do. I want to maximize my time as this year is approaching for the glory of God. Thy kingdom come and is coming. Thy will be done. Let's pray. Father, I...